0: Happy holidays and welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I sit down with the 33rd teams, Mike Tannenbaum and Joe Banner, as they share their thoughts on the Chiefs this season. Also, we listen in on Chiefs Chairman and CEO Clark Hunt as he spoke to the media about the expectations of the team following their clinching of their seventh straight AFC West title. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the Week 15 victory over the Texans?
1: Yeah, I think maybe uh, myself and some others were perhaps a bit too harsh uh, on the defensive performance initially in this game. That took like a tweet and a rewatch for me to kind of really put it into the proper perspective, I think. But uh, Colin Saunders, Chiefs defensive tackle, tweeted out, quote-unquote, <clears throat> giving up 130 yards passing and uh, 90 yards rushing to end in a 24-30 overtime game is kind of wild when you really think about it. And it is really wild because, <laughs> you know, you you look at the box score, this game looks like it should have been very one-sided. Um, and the biggest issues for the Chiefs were, again, things that have popped up before. Um, sudden change defense after turnovers, uh, and then Carl Sheffers and his flag-happy crew. Now I mean... There was a scoring drive for the Texans where there were literally like five, six plays with a penalty, and one of the only non-penalty plays for the Texans was the touchdown that they scored. Um, it was just—I mean, it just flag after flag after flag. It was—it was insane. Not—not not sure I've quite seen anything like that before. Um, it, it, and that is something that. You know, I think we've realized when you have this officiating crew, you're going to get a lot of flags thrown um, for, for both teams. Uh, that's just the nature of Carl Sheffers and his crew. They are not uh, they're not the greatest when it comes to, uh, you know, re- restraint uh, for penalties. So, and then, you know, my solution for the, the sudden change stuff is kind of simple. I wrote about it uh, in my takeaways, my post-game takeaways, but... You know, Steve Spagnuolo said last week that, you know, you have the sudden change and you try to limit the damage. But I think there needs to be kind of a change in mindset there. You know, they shouldn't be playing to limit the damage. I think because teams are going to expect that, right? You're like, you know, trying to ensure that you don't, you know, hold them to you can hold them to a field goal, that you can get the ball back, what have you, that you can force a punt. But I think they need to treat it more aggressively. I think they need to go after those plays, you know, tackles for loss, sacks, what have you, and and treat it more aggressively right off the back. Because if you're going to surrender a touchdown, you might as well, like, you know, go for the the home run swing, right? So I feel like uh, that might be a solution that they want to consider uh, moving forward. Um just given the nature of how things have gone recently with the sudden change defense.
0: Are you surprised at the success lately of Jarek McKinnon since Clyde Edward Hilaire's injury?
1: Not really. I wrote an article a year ago around this time about how McKinnon was poised for a big breakout uh, in the playoffs after Clyde Edwards Hilaire was injured. I know, it's like deja vu, right? Um, Really, this is just a continuation of what we saw then. Uh, at least in my opinion. I think that, you know, the only difference is that now you have Isaiah Pacheco, who's probably just as explosive as McKinnon, uh, if not maybe a little more. Um, When last year, McKinnon was really the only guy they had with any sort of juice, and and he kind of just emerged right at the right time. Now, I think, I, I like that his role has kind of evolved out of this third down back role and into something a bit more this season. Right, he's getting some early down carries now. Lots of work in the screen game, you know. So I think that there will be a continued evolution of, of you know, figuring out a way to get him involved and almost featured as we head to the postseason. Uh, just because the, the the past two games have been so wildly successful for him. I mean, obviously, you know, he's an older guy, so you're gonna also be a little bit cautious and still kind of split those carries with Pacheco and mix things up a little bit Uh, because you don't want to get him hurt before the playoffs begin. But um, I I think it's good to see that, you know, you can kind of mix him in, mix these two guys in and have some success. Should the Chiefs be concerned with the number of big hits Juju
0: Smith-Schuster and Marquez valdez Gatling are taking each game?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, Smith-Schuster took some big hits, some big shots across the middle of the field in Week 15, and he has really this whole season. Um, Frankly, I thought there were a few that probably should have been penalized, which weren't. Uh, Like the play that he fumbled on, for instance, being picked up and body slammed. But I feel like you guys know my feelings on that after the Travis Kelsey, Derwin James stuff earlier this season. Uh, Anyhow, that's just the nature of his role right now, I think, um, with Juju. Um, Yeah, he's that complimentary piece to Travis Kelsey in the center of the field. Like, he's doing that dirty work. um, And you're going to take some tough hits when you're grinding out those, those yards in the middle of the field. So, you know, I think the only thing that would really concern me about it is that Smith-Schuster has a lengthy injury history, so you want to protect him a little bit. Um, as for Marcos Valdez-Scantling, I mean, his role has really been that of a deep threat. I mean, he's one of the NFL's leaders in uh, yards per reception. Um, you know, he's, he's the guy who's going to stretch the field. Um, I feel like he hasn't taken quite as many shots as, as Smith Schuster has, just because their roles are a little bit different. But I mean, obviously, you're concerned anytime your guys take a big hit. Um, but uh, with Smith Schuster p- specifically, you know, you have the concussion earlier in the season, and so on, and so forth. So that's something you know uh, you want to be you want to be aware of. Was Frank Clark's performance
0: last week a preview of the intensity
1: he could bring in the postseason? Yeah, I mean, traditionally speaking, this is the time of year that, that Clark really starts to show up, right? I mean, you know, we saw the playoff run, you know, late season, makes the, the big plays that are needed. He seems to live for being like the hero in those moments. And then, you know, he had the crucial sacks en route to, to Super Bowl 54, um, where, you know, just, they were all late game. Needed a big play from the defense. Frank Clark was the guy who came through. So, I I mean, I think the biggest thing impressing me about Frank Clark right now is that, you know, I think it was last week. Yeah, last week we heard from Joe Cullen, defensive line coach, that Clark is down to like 240 pounds right now. And that's pretty small for a defensive end in Steve Spagnuolo's scheme, yet He's still playing like very sound against the run and now he's showing up with those big plays and these big moments. So you know I think um, you know, if this is Clark's final year in Kansas City, which it very well may be given his contract situation, I-, I think the guy's gonna try to go out with a bang and not a fizzle. I mean, he has every reason to perform his best, you know because this could be um, you know a showcase for his next contract, whether that's you know in Kansas City or elsewhere um so yeah I think he's he's motivated and uh he's really gonna make an impact down the stretch for for the Chiefs here with these last three games in the regular season and then you know bring that same level of intensity in the postseason what are
0: your holiday wishes for the Chiefs on offense and defense
1: <sighs> well that's a good question uh very seasonal <laughs> if you will um For the offense, I just want to see them have a few turnover-free games. I mean, I think they have nine consecutive games now with some sort of turnover. And, you know, that stuff just isn't very sustainable when you get to the playoffs, especially if you're not producing any turnovers yourself. So, um you know, which in turn, it's pro- it's probably my wish for the defense, right? Um, I think one of the reasons you're seeing Jalen Watson get more playing time in recent weeks is this defense is starved for turnovers. They are just not creating uh, as many of them to-, to really keep up with the how often the offense is turning over the ball. So, I mean, we saw the big one at the end of the game against the Texans. Um, but I think there's been very little ball hawking by the secondary, I think, you know, do we even have a cornerback or a safety with more than one interception? I don't think we do. Uh, maybe Snead? Snead might have two. Um, but still, I mean, so maybe that that's the way I'll put it for the defense. I, I want to see members of the secondary create some turnovers. That would be my holiday wish for the defense and then for the offense, a few turnover-free games. <laughs> it doesn't have to be every every game down the stretch because that's not realistic. But let's, let's just have a few good ones, you know. Uh, here the next couple of weeks and into the playoffs as well. And now for the Chiefs Wire mailbag. Len Martin asks, "What must the Chiefs do to beat the Seahawks in Week 16?" Um, well, there's a couple ways things could go, but I think the primary thing for me is run the football. <laughs> I feel like I've said this every week lately, but it's definitely a big key to this game because the Seahawks are the second worst team in the league when it comes to defending the run. Um, the only one that has given up more rushing yards this season is the Texans, and uh, they're tied for second worst in the NFL. Uh, and rushing rushing touchdowns allowed with 19. I think there's like three teams uh, that have 19 touchdowns allowed, including the Seahawks. And uh, you know, I know Patrick Mahomes is an alien, and he's in the thick of the MVP race, and you want to see him throw the football like 40 times a game. But if you're not giving Jerick McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco at least a combined 25 carries in Week 16, you're doing yourself a massive disservice because, you know, they're averaging 4.9 yards surrendered per rush in Seattle. So um, I, I think you know if you can just on on some early downs, on some key third downs in the red zone, if you can get the ball to McKinnon and Pacheco, you're going to be Helping your team out a lot against this Seahawks defense. It is not. It's not the same defense, you know. It's not uh, the Legion of Boom anymore. Um, they're they're the Legion of figuring it out right now, and uh, and the Chiefs need to take advantage of of where they're struggling.
0: And lastly, Charles, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week?
1: Yeah, obviously, uh, plenty of stuff recapping the Chiefs' uh, Week 15 win over the Texans. Lots of good stories coming out of that game on records broken, sportsmanship, um, yeah, just just all the the, the good stuff. Oh, uh, an intriguing story about Dustin Colquitt's thoughts on Harrison Butker's struggles. Um, that that was interesting for that to kind of come out of the woodwork. Uh, but yeah, we we've got good stuff there. Obviously, preview content uh, for the upcoming game is is coming up. Uh, might be a little light on uh, post game content and and some preview content on on just on game day, uh, given the holiday weekend. But um, as always, we appreciate you guys turning uh, tuning into the podcast and uh, you know reading the website. We couldn't do it without all of your support. Say it every week, but it is true. Uh, we we really appreciate you guys um, supporting us and. And reading our work, and uh, and listening on the podcast every week, uh, I'm going to pass some advice along to you all, <laughs> all you fans out there uh, in Chiefs Kingdom. Don't don't rob banks, folks, or anyone or anything for that matter. Uh, <laughs> be kind. Be be good to people out there. All right, you know what we say now. Go Chiefs.
0: Hey guys, uh, it's Eddie Easton Jr. from, uh, Chiefs Wire. And, uh, I just had a question. I'm just curious what you guys are, how you guys feel about the, uh, the year Chiefs had considering all the retooling and, um, changes they had to do to the secondary and working in so many young players. So, I'm just curious what you guys think of the job Andy Reid and, uh, Brett Veach have, have done so far.
2: Yeah, uh, look, I think what they did is really impressive from a standpoint. Like, I think when you move on from a guy like Tyreek Hill, it's a little bit of a resource allocation discussion that, hey, there's other guys, Valdez Scantling or Smith Schuster, um, taking Sky Moore in the second round, and we're going to sort of allocate that money to other areas of the team, be it offensive line or certainly on defense. And I think both of those first rounders, I thought what was interesting in the draft was, you know, when they traded for McDuffie, that was with New England, I thought Belichick was going to take McDuffie. I thought he was like the perfect New England corner. Um, I think him and Karloftis have a chance to be foundational players and I think Gain Bolton can both run. So I like what they're doing defensively and I agree with what Joe said about Spags. I think he's a really good coach. So I think over the course of the season, like they're getting better, which is obviously an indice of being really well coached, and I think they have a chance to be there again at the end. It's not a uh, mistake that uh, or a coincidence that all of Annie Reid's teams They do two things. They get better as the season goes, and they win after buys. So assume what you're seeing right now is the uh, the team that will be much better over the next two and four weeks.
3: All right, first of all, I want to congratulate Coach Reed, his staff, and all the players on a hard-fought victory today. Um, We ended up clinching uh, the division uh, for the seventh year in a row. Uh, That's really quite an accomplishment, very hard to do in the National Football League, and it's a testament to the hard work of Andy, Brett, and and their staffs uh, for putting together a a team that has a lot of players who's able to come out uh, and get that done today. Um, however, uh, the team recognizes that uh, we've just given ourselves an opportunity. Uh, the most important football is in front of us. Uh, we've got some important regular season games over the next three weeks, and then the opportunity in the playoffs to hopefully get back to the Super Bowl. I'm happy to open it up with any questions
2: obviously seven in a row doesn't get old to you uh, but what to say about the stability and you know in how you have your organization with Andy and Brett and, and Mark Donovan trip down to where you know this kind of success
3: yeah. I think one of the most difficult things in the National Football League is consistent success. Uh, the rules are designed to make that difficult uh, whether it's the draft or the salary cap so it's a real testament to the job that General Manager Brett Feach and Coach Reed have done uh, over the last several years um, we obviously have a bunch of young players and we've got some new players and Andy and his staff have done a tremendous job of incorporating them into the team and that's just part of the National Football League and uh, they've really done a fantastic job, and I couldn't be more proud of them.
2: Clark, is
3: there anything about this title that stands out to you from the others? Uh, well, every one of them's special, and uh, you, you certainly uh, enjoy clinching uh, this early. Uh, but uh, as I said there's a lot of football ahead of us uh, we've got to make sure we stay focused starting with the Seahawks on, on Saturday um, we, we need to you know bear down these, these last three weeks uh, hopefully get some home field advantage in the playoffs because that's important um, and then the other thing that really stands out about this year is the number of young players uh, we heard uh, Coach talk a little bit about uh, their contribution um, it's difficult when you have as many rookies uh, as we do uh, to get them to play at a high level on a week to week basis. And I think Coach Reed and his staff have done a tremendous job there.
2: What about the way that the other AFC West teams seem to come after you this year during the offseason? They really loaded up a lot, all three teams, really. Um, does that make this one any different or make it stand outside
3: of the players? Uh, well, I, I think that's true every year. Uh, whether it's the AFC West or, or just the other teams in the AFC, they're, they're going to focus on trying to knock off uh, the the reigning champion. And it feels like every week uh, when we come out uh, that that it's a Super Bowl for the team that we're playing. The game's that that important. We're going to see their best. I think that was certainly true of the Texans today. Uh, my hat goes off to them. They, they gave us all we could handle to Day. And you know that that's true on a week-to-week basis. Uh, same thing with Denver last week, and I'm sure Seattle be, will be of a similar mindset when we get there on Saturday. You had a sea of red out there today. That was almost like a home game. For- uh, yeah, I, I just can't uh, say enough about what a great fan base uh, we have. And uh, I, I know many of them took the opportunity as we approached the holidays to, to travel down here to Houston. Um, we had a bunch of fans out there. Uh, you heard it in the national anthem and then throughout the game. Uh, so our fans are a big part of our success, uh, whether we're at home or whether we're on the road. Uh, we really have a tremendous fan base. The Chiefs kingdom is, is very broad.
2: Last one. Mark, this is... Patrick's 6th stick with the season. I um, just wonder this year, with this type of team, <clears> have <throat> you seen, noticed anything that um, mar- makes you Marvel more?
3: Well, I think you can see that he's maturing uh, as a as a player. Uh, he came into the league as a remarkably mature young man, um, and the responsibility that, that he had coming right out of college was tremendous, and he handled it well. But his games evolved uh, as as we've uh, moved on in his career. Uh, certainly, there were some question marks uh, about the offense this year, given the changes that we had at the receiver position, and I, I think he's you know showed that uh, you know he is the best quarterback in. The national football league and he's been able to to adapt his game to continue to win and and put up very impressive numbers on a weekly basis
0: i want to take this time to thank the 33rd teams mike tannenbaum and joe banner for taking some time to talk some chiefs with us and remind everybody to please follow us on twitter at the chiefs wire i'm ed easton jr check us out next week